0: I respectfully acknowledge the Musqueam, Squamish, Tsleil-Waututh, Kutse, Goquitlam, Kikite, Kwantlen, Semiamu, and Sawasan peoples on whose unceded traditional territories I live, work, and study. Welcome to the fourth episode of Along the Fraser River, a podcast about Vancouver's history and geography, written, created, and recorded by myself, Maxi Loducci, This is the fourth in a series of four mini-episodes for my course Geography 261, Encountering the City at Simon Fraser University. Enjoy. It is no secret that housing prices in Vancouver are becoming unaffordable. The average price for an unfurnished one-bedroom apartment in Metro Vancouver is currently $1,831 as of December 2021. This is noticeably increased since September of this year, where the same apartment cost an average of $1,780. This is a trend that has been steadily increasing for a long time, but has become exacerbated over the pandemic as many have fallen into financial hardship. As of right now, if you are looking for a one-bedroom, unfurnished apartment in Metro Vancouver, then the cheapest place to buy is in the neighborhood of Newton, in Surrey, where tenants can expect to pay just under $1,200 per month. Conversely, the most expensive place to rent in the area is unsurprisingly in downtown Vancouver, where the unfurnished one-bedroom apartment would cost you just under $2,200 a month. This is unaffordable to any lower wage worker who would be spending the majority of their rent to live in one of these one-bedroom apartments. So where do we as a city go from here? I recently stumbled upon a video by About Here, a Vancouver-based, CBC-owned YouTube channel hosted by Utaily. The video outlined the history of the missing middle in Vancouver and was my inspiration for this episode. If you look at a postcard of Vancouver or a book about Vancouverism, you will most likely see a shot of Vancouver that features downtown. We all know the picture. The glass skyscrapers, Falls Creek, Olympic Village, etc. However, this picture does not tell the whole story of the housing and affordability of our great city. Travel anywhere along the Expo and Millennium lines, and one can see the high-rise buildings clustered around SkyTrain stations, with single-family homes mostly making up the space between the stations. There seems to be something missing. Currently in Vancouver, people have two choices. Either single-family homes that are car-oriented and overwhelmingly unaffordable, or they can choose to live in a high-rise apartment, which has also proven to be quite expensive. It has gone to the point where land has gotten so expensive that all options on the table are unaffordable to most. So where do we go from here? Diverse housing options that fall somewhere between the expensive single-family homes and the also expensive and somewhat disruptive high-rises may be the solution. To fit as much density on the overpriced land while not building 40-story buildings is often overlooked in planning, especially in Vancouver where zoning has historically favored single-family housing. However, building duplexes, triplexes, fourplexes, multiplexes, walk-up apartments, dingbats, townhomes, row homes, or any combination of these within walking distance to amenities and transit may be the solution. This is easier said than done, as this would not single-handedly fix our housing problems, as many new townhomes and walk-up apartments are also insanely unaffordable, but they fit more families on the same land. There are also new ideas every year to make mid-density accessible and affordable to all. So where do we go from here? While well, most cities in Metro Vancouver are zoned for single-family homes and car-oriented spaces, zoning for mid-density and mixed-use spaces would be a great start. However, some more stubborn cities may offer requiring secondary or even tertiary suites and new single-family homes to be rented out by the owners. In the year 1968, Henri Lefebvre coined le droit à la ville, or the right to the city, which calls upon the citizens to reclaim the city as a space for people over cars and car-oriented space. When cars became more prevalent after World War II, they took a stronghold on North American society as they were fast, efficient, and accessible to the general public. This brought urban sprawl, single-family homes, and highways that radiated out of the core towards suburbia. This left space is car-oriented with housing either going big with high-rise apartments or going small with single-family housing. This combined with the widespread stigma behind low-rise apartments created the perfect storm for the middle to be ignored. However, in order to take back the city for the people, we should let the people dictate what they want in a space, combined with new urbanist principles to make housing more accessible, affordable, and more environmentally conscious. A good example of building mid-density creative housing is a family that took their single-family plot of land in Delta and turned it into a space with four mini-homes for their adult children and future generations. I wish to see more housing like that walk-up apartment in Strathcona with 11 units of housing, or those houses that look like single-family homes from the street but actually have over 10 units. Why not let people get creative in building the spaces they wish to see? More and more types of missing middle housing are being designed every year around the world. In a city that is so stuck between going huge or going small, perhaps we need to focus on building diverse housing types over the next decade. Otherwise, many of us are not gonna have places to go. Thank you for listening to the fourth episode of Along the Fraser River, a transit-oriented, Vancouver-based podcast about things you may not know about our wonderful city. If you enjoyed this episode, stay tuned, because there are more episodes to come. All sources for the episode can be found in the show notes. This podcast is hosted, edited, produced, and written by myself, Max Hilarici. Until next time.